and welcome to the League of Logic podcast, a podcast where you can learn how to think for yourself. And that is our mission here to help you understand and know the truth. Before we get started, as always, I got a couple things I want to mention. First off, we do have a website, leagueoflogic.com, and inside our website, you'll find some study tools that cover some of our basic topics that we use in these conversations. You also find a contact page where you can send us a comment or a question. Please do, because we would love to hear from you. You can also do the same thing on Facebook. Also, we do have a store inside the website where you can buy some t-shirts, hoodies, things like that that have our logo on them that would support what we're doing. And finally, if you leave us a rating, review, like, subscribe, share, follow, whatever button you got to push to keep up with the channel would help us out a lot in getting the word out. Thank you for listening to the League of Logic podcast. Now get ready for a much-needed conversation about truth. Woo! What's happening? Are you awake yet, man? <laughs> I feel great. Feel great. Got an extra hour or two of I sleep feel, in there. Rejuvenated. I feel well rested. <laughs> Refreshed. Panicking there for a minute. I was like, I mean, it's, I mean, it's one thing to do the intro for the daddy daughter show because that's just what's up. I'm dad. Hey, well, I'm the dad, you know, but I didn't know about this. I was sort of starting to worry. Oh, man. How do you have an intro without the voice of the show? Very true. Very true. You just cut and paste last week. So. That's what David said. He wasn't even going to let us try. He, what are we going to do? We're just going to cut and paste last week's. So. Oh, man. It's like yeah. everybody's replaceable, yeah, by themselves, <laughs> except for except for Brian. Yeah. yeah, left you hanging this week. Yeah. Sorry. So, I mean, did you sleep good? I did. Yeah, I did good. sleep good. That's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. I tried my first bottle of Nyquil the other day. How? What? Did you drink a whole <laughs> bottle? Like a bottle? <laughs> Not the whole. <laughs> Wow. They have portions in it. Yeah, that's why it comes with a measuring cup. Not the whole bottle. Slow for days. <laughs> Not the whole bottle. Didn't sneeze and, a bit. And it didn't come with a measuring cup. I just took a couple swigs and slept very, very well. Right on. But that thing burnt like fire. It did? Mm-hmm. It was very strong. Oh, I was like, gum! I slept this well and it was only 10% alcohol? Man. <laughs> That's hilarious. But yeah, yeah. Nyquil's some pretty good stuff. I don't have trouble sleeping, that's for sure. Pretty good stuff. Sleep like a bear. <laughs> so I have some advice for everybody. So a couple of weeks ago, um, me and Michaela, we were riding down the road and we were talking about women's body figures or well more like people people in general and i told her like like i was not very prone to talk to or like really morbidly obese people you know they're like 400 pounds or something like that i was like i'm i just kind of repulsed by that well i made it very clear that pregnant women are not morbidly obese but it didn't matter and we're, we're just now coming through it. We're just now coming through it. Um, 
I think. But sorry. for marriage advice for the people out there, so that's don't a, do that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a discussion many, you probably don't want to have. How many years ago was this? Um, in yeah. like two weeks. <laughs> I think it's hilarious, man. I love to hear the stories of the newlyweds. You know, how long I've been married now? Like a couple years. And three years. Three years. And all the stuff they're just trying to figure out, you know. <laughs> I didn't see anything wrong with it. She thought it was crazy. <laughs> this is what the Bible means when it says dwell with them according to knowledge. This is it. And the only way to get that knowledge in my world, and it sounds like yours too, <laughs> is I mess it up every time. Like, <laughs> make a note, you know. Don't say. Fat you. people are beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you have to say, man. That's now you know. Yep, yep. Next time you see a pregnant one, be like, she looks really good. Don't do that either, man. That was a joke. Please don't. I can't do that. <laughs> That'd be the next fight. <laughs> what? You think she's pretty? <laughs> I've never fallen for the which of my friends is attractive, though. Oh, never do that. I've never, never, never fallen for that. Compared to you, they're all trolls. <laughs> That's what you say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that one just seems like a trap. <laughs> but this one somehow was like a trap that I made up myself. <laughs> I was like, you oh, think you're doing I was like, this good. will be a great trap to catch somebody, and then I just catch myself. <laughs> like, oh, nuts. Man, I tell you, the other thing that I learned the hard way whenever in marriage is that, like, you know, there's a decision that has to be made, and it really doesn't affect you at all, but she's talking to you about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you have an opinion. And, you know, y'all talk about it. She listens to your opinion, but she ignores it. And she does what she wants to do anyway. And it's not a big deal. You don't care. It doesn't matter, right? It really doesn't matter. However, it doesn't go the way she thinks it goes. It goes the way you think it would have gone. And you say, well, I told you. <laughs> Never. Never. Never do that. <laughs> I need to write that down because that sounds like something I'd do. <laughs> I, I did it more than once. That's the one that I messed up more than once. <laughs> but if you did tell her. You did tell her, and she knows you told her. She did not forget. Men, women do not forget anything. You don't have to remind her that you told her. <laughs> it's humiliating enough that she was wrong and you were right. And the next thing you just just be like, I'm I'm sorry. That's all you say. I don't see why that's humiliating, though. Why would it be humiliating that your spouse was right and you were wrong? Especially, now maybe on a subject where you guys fought about it a whole lot, maybe that that might be humiliating or a wound to the pride. But Ryan understands. That's why he's just grinning. (laughs) (laughs) How about if it was the other way around and she said, Andrew, don't do this because this would happen and you say well, I don't believe that and you did it and what she said happened and then she said I told you so yeah I always oh, I sat playing like three or four times and I've been like yeah you did man daggum yeah I mean yeah, I know you told me so I did it my way I messed it up thanks a lot <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing is like because I'm a quotation marks plumber you know uh-huh. and like then go around and trying to fix things plumbing wise at the house and my kid was like I think this is broken. And I'm like, no, no way it could be that. <laughs> and then come to find out it was that. I'm like, what the heck am honey? <laughs> Maybe you should be a plumber. We got this all wrong. I think the root of the problem is nobody wants to feel dumb. Ugh. And, yeah, uh, and I true. told you so moment typically makes people feel dumb. Yeah, that's saying I, you're stupid. That's the way they see it. <laughs> I still have I told you so moments, but my intention is to make them feel dumb. <laughs> it is. It always is. I've never had an I told you so moment where I was like, I'm going to encourage this person by telling them I told them so. Mm. <laughs> now, it was always, see, idiot. 
Now, are we required to tell people, I told you so, or maybe not required is a bad word, but even in outside of marriage, whenever it comes to other brothers and sisters in Christ, or even perhaps uh, interacting with the lost world, is it appropriate to say, I told you so? There, there are some people that need an I told you so. They need to understand their bad choice, and the only way they're going to understand it is to feel dumb. And that's our job. I think that yeah, matters to, like for personality, though. <laughs> I love the job. <laughs> that's a great job. Because <laughs> uh, I think it's a personality thing. Because Robin's personality is that way. He's the I told you so guy, and he will take an I told you so. But some personalities are not that way. You can't take Like, it. if I get a bunch of I told you so's from somebody, then I tend to stop hanging out with them. Mm. I, I'm the opposite. I mean, I can take an I told you so, but not continually. Yeah, just just one every now and then. Fortunately, Brian never messes anything up, so he doesn't hear a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty good. About it. <laughs> I, d- I just hide it well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hide my mistakes. Yeah, I learned the uh, don't do the I told you so in the marriage. Mm-hmm. What other marriage things? That d- it just comes straight off your head that you're like, yeah, negativo, do not do. Bad news. Well, I don't know, man. I'll mention them as they as they pop up, but as I as I come in each week and be like, guys, I got another thing that you should not do. (laughs) Ryan's gonna be like, oh yeah, man, that's right. Don't do that. Don't do that one. (laughs) Oh man. Hey, today is um, in Brazil. Today is their presidential election, Mm. and. uh, so the two front runners they have, they've got a guy Lula, and then they have Bolsonaro, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know why I have trouble. Rush Limbaugh used to have names for everybody, and it sort of stuck. You know, like the lady during the COVID that wore the scarfs around her neck all the time. Yep. He called her the Scarf Queen, and I thought it was hilarious. You know, and then uh, what was that lady's name that was uh, testifying against Brandon Kavanaugh? Oh man, ballsy Ford. Yeah, yeah. He would call it. Said she was pretty ballsy for making up that line, telling her. So he always called her ballsy Ford. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so I always I ended up calling him ballsy Naro because, dude, I mean, he is he's against the machine, right? He's for the people, against the machine. The people love him. He's kind of like the Brazilian Donald Trump. They tried to assassinate him when he was first elected. I mean, someone. They were stabbed him. Yeah, they were carrying him around on their shoulders like, hooray! And somebody went like, yeah! I just stabbed him with like a seven-inch knife right in the gut. Dang. Yeah. Anyway, so then you got this Lula dude that they say, I listen to uh, CBN. It's like their version of CNN. Mm. And so they are all set that Lula is going to win. And he is the very much the socialist uh He's actually was put in jail for corruption in the government where he was taking bribes <laughs> from a petroleum place. They bought him a $700,000 apartment on the beach. Oh. You know, money laundering, uh, political corruption, bribery. There was a whole list of things that he was convicted of. I actually went to jail. Interesting part about that, the reason he's out of jail now is because uh, his attorney that he used to represent him Actually, just so happened to be the judge for the next time the trial came around. And they were like, oh, this charge is dismissed. 
Isn't that convenient? It, something like that in their legal system. It's weird the way their legal system works anyway. So you have this this uh, Lula guy in Bolsonaro. They are the election is today. Lula is supposed to have like a big lead, like a 50% to 30-something percent of the vote. The United States this week already said we're ready to confirm the new president of Brazil. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Whenever they had the uh, – what, what brand are their voting machines? Yeah, with Dominion. That's what I thought. Yeah, they're Dominion. They uh, when when Mike Lindell was doing the Dominion machines things at the very beginning, the uh, symposium, the symposium, Bolsonaro's mm-hmm. uh, son came to the USA to speak at that symposium to warn us how bad our voting machines could get. You know, we thought it was bad during the twenty twenty election. He's like, no, you, y'all don't understand. The way they're doing it in Brazil, and he went through this long, drawn-out thing. In fact, whenever you take your ballot and you scan it in there, the next thing they do with your ballot is destroy it. <laughs> no evidence. Yeah, none. And everybody's no. been running around, you know, we, we want paper. We need paper. These machines are so rigged. So mm. I, I, don't, I don't know, man. The only way to fix that seems to be is that you have to outvote the cheat. Like, more people have to vote. Like, that's what we have to do here. Coming up in November, you have to flood the polls with so many votes opposing what the machines are able to cheat. Does that make sense? Well, that's what happened in 2016. Mm-hmm. But they were prepared for it in 2020. Yeah. They were prepared that with the mail-in ballot thing. That's why you had all the little spiky things. That's why we got strung out for days and days and days. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's interesting to see. And, and Lula. Lula was like, man. I can't wait for the election because, uh, and he said it. It's in an article from somewhere, Rutgers or something. I put it in here. Lula says the U.S. will quickly recognize me as the new president. Lula's on board. He loves the United States as long as it's under Democratic leadership. He Mm. said so. If that don't tell you what Democratic leadership really is, I don't know what does. This dude's been convicted of the political convictions. I mean, it was... Some kind of deal with Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. Mm. Y'all ready to vote yet? Oh, yeah. Well, I was telling a good buddy yesterday, I was like, dude, I never would have expected how involved I was in the political world. I was like, growing up, I used to be like, Dad, you're absolutely crazy. Yeah. Like, it doesn't really matter. Just... Go pick somebody. And then even in college, I was like, whatever. And now I'm an adult, paying taxes, buying my own groceries. And I'm like, we need to get Ted Budd in here. (laughs) (laughs) So when the, uh, during the hurricane thing, when the power went out, we, uh, we were, of course the internet's down and there's nothing to do and everybody's bored, you know, with the family. We tried to play some, games we're messing with the dog and uh we're flipping through the tv and uh wrl i haven't watched regular tv and i can't even tell you how long do y'all watch regular television nope that's a bad place to watch oh man they've gone so it so ter- deep Look, so we we came across the wheel of fortune hey and i was like well there you have it we can watch the wheel of fortune that's safe mm-hmm Every time a commercial came on, though, it was no longer safe. Mm-hmm. 
And so we'd have to, you know, change the channel like immediately. Which was probably every, what, two minutes? Yeah, yeah. It was every two minutes. It was unbelievable. And Sarah's like, you know, can we fast forward to commercials? And then when the show goes off, you know, let's watch another one. It, it doesn't work like that. She's so used to just like the stream thing. You just click and click. Yeah. Anyway. It's like, on, oh, yeah, Wheel of Fortune's safe. <coughs> All right. And then they start going. You're like, is the word toxic masculinity? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, they had, what this, in the world? <laughs> this one was the teacher's edition. Unfortunately, they didn't have any of the weird teachers like we have right now. They had pretty normal teachers. Bummer. Yeah, it was it was boring. But do you know Vanna White is still alive? Who's Vanna White? She's the lady that turns <laughs> the letters over. Everybody knows Vanna White. Oh, that Vanna White. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she's still alive. Sorry, my thoughts went to Dana White first. Yeah, that, same same <laughs> here. I was like, That's a dude. And Vanna's a lady. Yeah. She's, she's old. She's got to be old. Mm-hmm. She was doing that when I was a kid. Not that I'm old, but she's got to be old. <laughs> I don't know. I guess there's big money in turning letters over. Evidently. And you could pay to have those exotic surgeries that keep you young forever. Like Jennifer Aniston or something like that. They also had on WRL tons of political commercials that came on. Mm-hmm. And none of them were against the Democrats. None of mm-hmm. them. We watched a full, whatever, how long it is, 30 minutes or an hour of the Wheel of Fortune. Every political campaign commercial was against Ted Budd or Bo Hines. Every one of them. Yep. And this uh, Sherry Beasley lady that they think is so what they had a couple promoting Sherry Beasley. I don't like her. You don't talk about a corrupt person. YouTube is starting to get a lot more commercials, too. YouTube's getting in trouble. Yes, they are. They, uh, what's the guy you like? The uh, British actor guy? Oh, Russell, um, Russell. Russell Brand. They pulled one of his videos off of YouTube. Oh, yeah, I YouTube. saw. And he, he went nuts. Mm-hmm. He's all rumble now. All rumble. He's about to switch. He understands the importance. Now he, he's been right for a while. Well, he will not. He's, he'll tell you he's a liberal. See, it, to me, it seemed like he was right, but he wasn't like saying it. Yeah. Well, he doesn't say that he's right, but the things that he points out are definitely right wing conservative values. But then what he'll tell you, he says, and I'm a liberal and I can see this. Mm hmm. He still likes the Democratic Party. That was the one of the last ones I heard. But he's on the. He's about to switch. Yeah, he's going to start telling people to vote Republican. Yeah, no, he switched. And I don't know. Elon Musk was mm-hmm. like, "Good job, bud," and all that. And Joe Rogan told people to vote Republican. He mm-hmm. is not a conservative, by the way. Mm. Yeah, I was telling a friend today that, or not today, but two days ago, I think. I was like, man, these political ads these days, they're actually very easy. Like, I feel like years before, everybody was all for guns and, like, all that stuff. But now, like, you see ads where they're like, the Supreme Court has reversed the Roe versus Wade decision. Like, this politician in there, and we're going to change it back. And you're like, ah, sweet, perfect. So I'm not going to vote for that person. Yeah. That's, that should be one that. of the most obvious ones, man. And that, that is going to be a big running thing for the Democrats this year is going to be the abortion stuff. They think that that's their win to tell everybody that if you can get enough Democrats in the House and the Senate so they can have control of both, like majority control, that they will pass a federal law that says you cannot ban abortion. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but wouldn't the Supreme Court just knock that back down in like four years? <laughs> they 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 could probably could try that, right? But what they're going to tell you is you can't ban it. So you can't. They're going to say you can't write a law in a state to ban abortion. Yeah, that's why they overturned Roe versus Wade because it's it's unconstitutional. Yeah, well, it's not a constitutional right. It's not. Oh well, I was um. It's very. It's very savage and backbiting. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot worse than it used to be. I mean, used to be, this is this is my this is what I'm going to do. This is my qualifications. But now it's, let's talk about how bad that guy is. Mm-hmm. In the Democratic Party, that's really all they have to run on. Because if you think about it, literally, I mean, I was trying to think the other day, what have they done? Like positive to move our country in a direction to accomplish stuff. And in the it seemed like to me the whole time that Donald Trump was president, the the thing that they did the most was stall any type of legislation that was trying to go through. They didn't want to do it. And then they had all kinds of committees and hearings and trials trying to prove what a moron he was. Mm-hmm. They never did anything. It's all run on orange man bad. They got to run on the orange man bad, not what I can do to help the country improve where it's at. <clears throat> I don't know. And if you watch, uh, yeah, last last note on the public television stuff, man. If that's all you watch, I understand why you don't like conservatives. That's terrible. They have brainwashed you into thinking that the liberals are fantastic. That commercial for the Sherry Beasley lady. Of course, she poor mouthed Bo Hines or whoever it was that she's Senate place that she's. I can't remember who it was, but she was like, "And I am for the working class person, and I want to make sure that they have jobs and lower taxes and affordable health care and medicines." And and I'm listening. Well, that sounds glorious. Only thing is, it she's lying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, she's not doing any of that. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, WREL. I grew up with that. But all the good people are gone. Charlie Gaddy. Yep. Nothing like nothing like that at all. Yeah, you too. Most of the commercials that I see are actually for like some type of government funding type thing. Like, did you know that the government is offering a nine hundred dollar food allowance? Have your groceries paid for? You have to listen to like four or five of those a video. I remember when YouTube was like. No videos. No ads, you mean? Yeah, no com- no commercials. Yeah, that was the way. I hate ads. I hate commercials. <clears throat> now you got to pay a subscription. That's why you get an ad blocker and you don't have to deal with any of them. Ad blocker will only get rid of so many of them, though. I have none when I watch YouTube. Zero. Well. I don't know why. The other interesting thing that I noticed this week is that there has been a lot of rumors of war. Have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. It just took me back to the the Matthew passage, just so we do know that we do have some Bible. We we do, we do pay attention to Scripture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And it, like Matthew twenty four, when Jesus is he's up on the Mount of Olives and he's talking to his disciples, and they're asking him, "Tell us what the signs are going to be whenever you're coming back, or you know, what are the signs of the end of the world?" Which, by the way, this is an interesting prophecy that he gives right here, because it actually already happened one time. And then it's going to happen again. It happened with Rome when it came in. But Jesus says, take heed that no man deceive you. That's the first thing he tells him right off the bat. And I don't think that that was by accident. Take heed that no man deceive you. 
For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. We could talk about that if you wanted to, but I'm not so sure that he means specifically people are like, I'm Jesus, I'm Jesus. But I think he's saying, I am a Christian, you know, or I am following Christ, or I am a Christ representative or something. But hmm. anyway. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye not be troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nations and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in divers places, and these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you to be afflicted, shall kill you, and shall be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Then shall many be offended, and shall be and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. Many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witnesses unto all the nations, and then shall the end come. And wanted just a couple quick points that reminded me of. I mean, I'm looking at the news this week, and, and it says Americans should flee Russia immediately because they could conscript the U.S. So basically what they're saying is they're going to draft U.S. citizens in Russia to start fighting in the war because that's getting ready to go nuclear. You know, they had the pipeline, the Nordstrom pipeline got bombed, literally, and it ruined it. And now they're trying to figure out who that was. And they're, you know. All fingers are pointing to the U.S. Well, let's be honest, man. To pull mm-hmm. off a thing like that, there's not many nations that have that skill set or capability. And then what? Uh, to do said, it undetected? Biden kind of gave it away beforehand in that presser. Yep. So. <laughs> you got uh, the other. Look, this other article here was interesting. It says uh, China could decide now is the time for war with America. And the whole article is about China right now is pretty much in a peak, they say, Mm -hmm. economically. I don't believe that totally, but they probably are a little better off than we are because they hold all the notes for the debts, right? They just pull them. And America is on the way down. Our inflation is going nuts. Our economy is in the – I mean, it is tanking, son. It is tanking fast. The dollar is tanking. Yep. And so so they're talking about, you know, you don't attack – Someone, when they're at their strongest, you attack them when they're at their weakest. We have the weakest leadership. We have the weakest economy we've had in a long, long time. We're in the, going into a recession. Like, this could be it. Wars and rumors of wars. And so it, going back to that passage right there, it, it doesn't mean the ends here, but it's just signs that something's coming. And, and one of the things that stuck out to me, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all the nations, and then the end shall come. I think that's like a war cry. You see all these things happening. You know what we're supposed to be doing now? Getting out the good news. Go for it, man. More and more and more. Talking to people. Yeah, talking to them. I was thinking about part of that, what you read. It kind of stuck out to me was um, hated by all nations. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking this past week, actually several weeks, you know, I like to watch some of those – off-grid people and uh, homesteaders and Mm -hmm. it's you know something i'd like to do eventually is you know build my own stuff and have a little homestead but i was thinking you know you notice more traffic around where we live lately you look around you see all these crazy things happening with the news politics i'm like man where can I go? I need, yeah. I need to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> but then you think, well, if it, it, you can't even, you can't flee the nation because there's no other nation to go to. That's, that's better than America right now. It's more, 
And uh, well, China says that they're better. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> All right. I mean, according and, to uh, what Robin just said, yeah, the homosexuals say that it's okay too. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it goes back to, you know. Christians are going to be hated by all nations. There's not going to be in the end. There's not going to be anywhere to go to. Mm-mm. And those who and 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 this leads into the the next thought I had this week. And we see all these bad things happening. Everything's getting worse. We're being hated by all nations. And but what we want the most, and I talked about this with my uh, with my uh, brothers um, yesterday. But you know, we want to see the good prevail and the country turn that's still possible absolutely and we 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 really want that we want the good to prevail in our country but as believers as christians that's not the measure of our success the measure of our success is not whether or not we turn the country it's if we endure to the end All, our job is to never give up Proverbs says, a just man will fall seven times, yet rise up again. Mm -hmm. So our jobs as believers is just to never give up and let God handle the the end. We talked about that this week. Mm -hmm. Andrew and I were talking about it, too. It was, uh, what is the measure of success of anything we do? Music ministry, Sunday school teacher, podcast, preaching. And it's not the what people do with what you give them. It's are you presenting the truth of the Bible? constantly that's what measures the success of what you do as a music minister or what i do as a sunday school teacher what the pastor does as a preacher our ministries whatever they are are no better than the amount of time uh, are no better than our efforts in, in prayer and bible study and what we're doing to get the truth out mm-hmm. that's all we're asked to do to endure to the end like brian said yeah uh, one of the things that just came to mind though when you were talking about this our nations and nations against nations have you ever thought about um, land in general, land, nations, places where people dwell on this physical earth as being sacred places? I'm not talking about holy ground, like remove your shoes, you're standing on holy ground, but I'm talking about sacred. Like, for instance, um, we know that in the beginning when Adam and Eve were created, they were placed in the garden, right? That was a land that was given to them. That was a holy ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, and, and so, but God gave it to them. It became a sacred gift, if you will, of holy ground. Of course, they failed and they got put back in the earth. Now, you got Abraham. He was promised a land. And necessarily it wasn't holy land. It was, a, it was an area. It was land. It was sacred. It was a sacred gift from God of land. Uh, you had the children of Israel, whenever they crossed over Canaan, they were given a land. It was a sacred gift from God. The 12 tribes, they split them up. God gave each tribe a gift of land. This is your area. It's a sacred land. And and that's kind of how I see the United States, man. It was a sacred gift from God for us to have a place where we could freely worship him the way we want to. And I think that with that free gift that we were given of here's a wonderful land for you to inhabit that you can worship the way you want to comes the responsibility that we have to look after it and make sure it stays right. And we're basically giving it away to the other side. Mm-hmm. There was articles this week even about uh, some of the Republican senators are trying to get our legislators to pass laws to stop allowing China to purchase land in the United States. 
Did you know they own a ton of land right now? They're buying it up. Mm-hmm. It's not all they own. And, and what you're doing is you're giving a sacred ground that God had given you as a possession so that you have a free place to worship, and you're handing it over to a liberal party to run it the way they want to, and you're not defending it. Mm-hmm. When when the children of Israel had this land that was given to them, as long as they were right with God, he offered them some protection. You know, there no one, no weapon formed against you is going to prevail as long as you're on my teams. What God says, and here's where America's wrong because we've just sort of walked away from God's team, and we're just, you know, okay, well, this sounds good to me. Y'all take it over. If we were to lose the freedoms of the nation to give away the land that God had given us to an, an evil party, group, whatever you want to call it, basically giving it to Satan's people. What do you do next? Show me another piece of land that God has for us where we could flee to for refuge. There's not one. And I think that's why you, sent, you hear these nations are going to stand against nations, and kingdom against kingdoms and famines and all these different things. We've already had the pestilence. We've got a couple of those right now. Kamala Harris is a huge pestilence. <laughs> I see all these things as motivation to do more. Yeah. That's just my opinion. You have to keep fighting. Win or lose, got to keep fighting. Yeah. I was uh, this week on my YouTube searchings because I get stuck on like certain things. Like sometimes I'll listen to a ton of Matt Walsh or sometimes I'll listen to a ton of Ben Shapiro or something like that. But I was listening to this um, this week. It was reject modernity and embrace masculinity. It was all these videos of these like really sissified women and uh, like LBGTQ people and like morbidly obese people that were just like, it's okay to be weak. It's okay to cry. It's okay to, you know, do all this and do all that. And then the video would shift and it'd be like, no, it's not okay. And then you'd see like firefighters you know, saving people and all that stuff. And it's just like one of those videos that you're like, yeah, (laughs) you're like, I want to go do something. I want to go chop some wood, but, um, yeah, chop some wood or something else, you know, something like like chopping wood, something manly, do some pull-ups or something. But there was this one guy, he attached it kind of like a spiritual devotion. And he was talking about like manhood in general. And he was like, you know, we've rejected the traditions that our country was built upon. He said, we've rejected the traditions that our families were built upon. Mm-hmm. He said, we have a complete misunderstanding of what it is to be a man. And he talked about these two little quails that he had in his yard. And it was a male and a female, and they were walking around. And then uh, pretty soon they had babies, and he said it was interesting the female, she would be walking out in front and the babies would be in the middle and then the male would be in the back. He said that the woman isn't the alpha of that pack and she's not even leading. It's the man from the back because he knows he's got to protect the woman. He's got, he can't protect the woman if she's behind him and he's not looking at her and he can't protect the kids if they're behind him and he doesn't know what's going on. But he said, you know, just because you you know, build up your wife and just because you give her a position to where she can um, grow and mature 
and help with the family doesn't mean that you're weak or anything like that. It's your position to take care of those. But I was just thinking about a lot of a lot of that this week and just how Christians have been facing persecution a lot longer than I guess you would say masculinity has, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't ever have an excuse just to not be, to not go out and witness and it's okay to go out and witness, you know, you're going to get persecuted and stuff like that. But yeah. I don't know, just ranting now. No, that's good. I think that part of uh, protecting your family and your kids is providing them with a safe place to live, not only with like a shelter and a house, but a land too. You see what I mean? Just to tie it back into this nation's things that's going on here. And so it's our job then as men, as spiritual leaders, to make sure that we give them the spiritual direction they need at home and then to be aware of the surroundings that are around us and any any attack on that that threatens our family, we have to stand against it. You have to resist it. Uh, Adrian Rogers did a message this week was awesome. It was like turning your uh, turning tribulations into triumphs or trials into triumphs. And he listed out a bunch of ways that the devil tempts people, and then he listed out uh, ways that you fight it. And he was like, if you're using the wrong tool in the battle, you're never going to win. And the tools were flee, faith, and fight. And so just as one example, and then I won't go through a whole sermon of it, but he was like, you know, when you had, uh, what was his name, Dakota Many Colors guy, uh, Joseph. Joseph. Joseph was tempted in the flesh. It was a sexual sin. It was a it was a physical sin. And the way that he defeated that <coughs> sin was he fleed. He ran. And he said, so that's how you have to fight the physical flesh when it comes to things. He even listened like smoking cigarettes or sexual immorality. You run away from it. You can't handle it, basically is what he's saying. You don't stand around and fight because you're going to lose. You see what I'm saying? Flee, fight, fate. And so the one that he, he put for the devil believe it or not, was fight. And it was resist the devil. You have to stand your ground. This is what they talk about. Stand, press towards the mark, fight for it. You fight against him, not in your own strength, obviously. It's in the power of his might. But when you do that, you can win and the devil will back down. If this really is a spiritual battle that we're talking about going on around us in this nation right now, it's a spiritual battle of Satan and God. It is not our job to flee. That's the wrong tool. It's not our job to have faith. We need both of those, by the way. I'm not saying we do it, but that's the wrong tool. From what his message said, which I thought was great, was it's our job to resist. Resist Satan, and he will flee from you. It is the fight that works. That's the tool you use against a spiritual satanic attack. Think about it. In your own house, the the fight that you use that time, you pull out your sword, your Bible, and you go around and you tell the devil it don't belong to him. You're fighting. You're standing against him. You're resisting him, right? You start praying out loud, telling them, this is my house, not yours. You are not allowed here. You know, some people think you're crazy, but that's how you fight it, right? That's how you get rid of any type of satanic oppression in your house. What's the difference in, in the nation? There isn't any. It's the same spiritual type battle. You have to fight it. You have to speak it out, tell it that is wrong. You don't belong here. You're against God. This doesn't belong to you. My master's greater than yours. Get out. And so that's what we have to do as a spiritual leader of the family. When we see that type of spiritual attack around, we have to be willing to do those things. We have to see all the institutions the same. Whether it's the church, the nation, your house, doesn't matter. They're all the same. Just different scales. The physical manifestation of the spiritual realm. 
By the way, you said uh, go out and start witnessing, and we should do that. Do you know that uh, that is where you receive encouragement and power on your side to be able to fight is through your witness, whether you're rejected or accepted. It's uh, we're all sitting here. We've had those moments where we've witnessed somebody who actually got saved, maybe, or at least just listened to you, and you know that that you're like pumped up for Jesus when it's over with. (laughs) Yeah. Just imagine if you were just doing that constantly, just staying, you know, rocking it for Jesus. Yesterday I was on the phone with uh, Capital One. I was getting a new card for uh, our Brazil folks when I, so I can take him a, an updated expiration date thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And the system was running really, really slow. And she was like, you know, I'm sorry. It's, um, you know, she was in Florida. And she said, I'm usually more chatty, but, you know, with the hurricane and stuff coming in, you know, I'd really, I don't know what to talk about, but the system's running really slow. You know, thank you for your patience. And, you know, she tried to make some small talk. You know, it's a good thing that you, you know, you're doing this. It's obviously it was a Smithfield Fruel Baptist card. And they were like, it's church. What are y'all doing? It's, it's mission work. Well, that's good that you give back. And then she went in this, you know, like a three minute pause. There was nothing happening. She apologized for not having anything to say. I said, well, look, do you, where do you go to church? She said, well, I don't really go to church. I'm more of a spiritual person. And I said, I said, well, that's cool. You know, I like spiritual stuff too. I said, so what do you think it would take then for a spiritual person then to make it to heaven when they die? And man, she's like, she hemmed and hawed. She went, she went on like a two or three minutes stint. And in her explanation of what it took for a spiritual person to make it to heaven, she mentioned you have to be a good person, obviously. She mentioned the Ten Commandments as being a great guide that tells us what a good person is all by herself. I didn't mention any of these things. And then uh, I said, well, that is awesome. I said, you you said the Ten Commandments sort of give us a guide. Um, I tried to do the Ray Comfort thing, you know. Mm-hmm. As you know, what do you call someone? She didn't fall for it. No, she didn't fall for it all. What do you call someone that, that you know, that steals? You know, you says thou shalt not steal. What do you call someone that steals? Well, I don't know. Well, were they doing it like Robin Hood so that they could give to the poor? And, and you know, and I said, okay. Well, I said, usually we would call that person a thief. I said, but well, what do you, what about someone that tells a lie? What do you call them? Well, you, is it a white lie? Are you trying to protect somebody? She wasn't falling for it. You know, she, she had all these explanations. And so, you know what she was doing? More relativism. And I said, well, you know, I said, yeah, I said, I hear, I hear what you're saying. It all depends on the situation. I said, however, what that gets us into is a whole more relativism type situation. And I, it, and if there is such a thing as right and wrong, then there has to be a set of moral laws that we follow. And if there's a moral law, there has to be a moral law giver. And I want to know who that is. Is it you or is it me? She's like, well, that's an interesting point. I said, yeah, think about this. There are still tribes across the big water over there in places that think it's okay to eat people. I said, and I hope that you and I can agree that that is ridiculous. She was like, well, yeah, cannibalism is pretty bad. I said, see, bad. How do you know it's bad? They say it's good. Who gets to decide? She's like, that, that is a terrible, interesting, that is very interesting. I said, here, I'm going to give you some truth. I said, you want, let me tell you what I know about truth. She said, uh, well, yeah. She said, but I didn't go to school. Now, I don't have a lot of education. <laughs> I said, well, I have so much education that I have become dumber. Right. I said, it doesn't do you any good. You don't need education to understand this. But what engineering did teach me was is that there, if there's a truth, then it excludes everything but itself, an absolute truth. And it, there is one. Two plus two is four. Always, you can't change that. It's always going to be true. And so when we're talking about this spiritual world, 
if there is a moral law and a moral <laughs> lawgiver, and we're trying to figure out who that guy is, who is the moral lawgiver, I can promise you you don't want it to be me. I mess it up, right? I'm telling you that it is God, and he is perfect, and he is right, and he is true all the time. I said, And I asked her, do you have a Bible at home? She said, yeah. I said, do you need to, t- you need to start reading it? Please promise me you'll do it. Okay, I'll do that. At the end of the conversation, we went through, you know, it took about 20 minutes for him to get the card. And she was like, man, I think I just want to thank you for having a conversation like this with me on a Saturday. I never expected a conversation like this. I have to go home now and rethink my entire life. (laughs) And I was like, I had her on speakerphone, by the way, in the living room. Uncle Chris, Nicole, the little baby, they're all sitting there. And everybody was like, yes! You know, it's like a victory lap. And we're all pumped up. What, What happened? She started thinking. Well, that's what happened for her. She yeah, started mm-hmm. thinking, and that's and that was great. And I hope that it works. I mean, we we prayed for you know that she would it would actually the seed is good. What she did with it though is not my problem anymore. Right, right. That's up to the Holy Spirit. It's up man. to the Holy Spirit. But what happened to us Encour- on my end? Encouragement, man. You want to talk about joy, mm-hmm. encouragement, feeling empowered? That side of the witnessing. Now I'm motivated. And I'm looking mm-hmm. for the next person, right? And if we got that mindset right now of pointing out truth in ev- everywhere based on God's word, there, this encouragement, this motivation would continue to fuel us. This is what it means to do it in the power of his might and not in your own strength. Mm-hmm. And it's the perfect example. And you've all felt it, right? You've witnessed someone, you felt that pumped up feeling. Just... I can't tell you how much more the pumped up feeling is that when you do it and someone actually, you know, just confesses sin and gets saved. That's even better. You know what I mean? Now you just want to go down there and like push over a tree or something just mm-hmm. to rah! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I think the biggest problem in at least my life is that I get too busy. You know, when we read the life of Christ, you know, he was never too busy for people. You know, he would always stop what he was doing. He would interrupt his day. He would go out of his way to interrupt his day to talk to somebody. And I've, I think that's one of my biggest failings is just, you know, Satan has provided so much to do and so much for you to get wrapped up in that sometimes it takes the Holy Spirit to delay you know, getting your card for Rodney and Autumn mm-hmm. and being like, yeah, this isn't going to go through yet. I'm going to give you 20 minutes, you know. I mean, if I was if I was over leadership for the other side, I would be pissed at a demon that allowed 20 minutes for just conversation about with a Christian. Yeah, but, but what I'm telling you is in that spiritual realm, if I've taken time and I've been studying and praying and my relationship is right with God and we, and I'm dwelling in his spirit, right? Mm-hmm. When I show up to witness to someone, it's not really me. Yeah, You have to see it in the spiritual. And I've got these spiritual realms around me, these angels that are way more powerful than these demons that are over there. And they stand up. When, they, when that door opens and Robin in the physical starts to walk through it, my angels and whatever God has sent to help me, the Holy Spirit are walking there through me, and there's so much light, they flee. They get out of the way. The devil will flee from you. There is no resistance. They can't. They can't. This is why it's so important for us to stay grounded. And, and you know, once we walk away from that, just like we have as a nation, man, this boy, he get the goosebumps just thinking about this. 
as a nation, as an individual, anything. When we walk away from God, we lose a lot of things. It's not just the fellowship that we have that we walk away from. We walk away from protection. We walk away from power. We walk away from authority. Mm-hmm. We walk away from all that stuff that works through us to get to other people. If you can maintain that relationship, that's hard to do, by the way, mm-hmm. to maintain that relationship. It takes work and effort. But when you do that, whenever you show up to these situations, it's not you fighting the battle anymore. You're just you're you're a manifestation in the physical of what's happening in the spiritual, and you're just letting God work through you to these people. They can't fight that. My master's mm-hmm. greater than theirs. It works the same when you're fighting demons in your own house. It works the same when you're witnessing. You're you're working through the spiritual, and it's amazing. This uh, thing here that I you just mentioned, the run out of time. One of the last Sunday school lessons we did before we took a break, right before the the Rona killed us, you know, you know what I mean. Um, it was a sense of desperation, and I was like, man, we got to start redeeming our time. And, and in Ephesians five fourteen, it says, "Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you life. Quit being lazy, stand up. Christ is going to give you strength. See that you walk circumspectly. You got to be paying attention, not as fools, but as wise." redeeming the time because the days are evil. Mm-hmm. It's another one of those war cries, if you will. It's an urgency. You got to quit being lazy. You got to get your stuff right. Don't be an idiot. Follow what God said and make good use of the time that you're given because the day are evil. And we don't have it so much time. One of the greatest regrets of my entire life is junking things up whenever I was younger and having to work out of a mess before I could actually do anything special for him. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. When I made the decision that I was tired of living in a mess, God has helped me get out of it, but it has taken years. And God can't use a person that is in a hole. You got to get out. He'll help you get out, but it takes work. You got to get out of your hole and you got to be ready to go to work. I don't think you get to pick and choose on stuff. If you want to be a good witness, you can't just go out there and do that without prayer and study. No. You have to you have to get you have to spend the time in prayer and study and then the rest of it comes naturally. It just happens. That's how the doors get open. The the Bible yeah. study and the prayer is like plugging in a cord to the outlet. That's mm-hmm. how you get the power to be able to run. Yep. You have Bible study, you have prayer. It takes effort. There's the analogy of Abraham and God's people, he gave them the land, but they had to work to occupy it. America, God gave us America, but we had to work to occupy it and build it up uh, to get, to do, um, to have those doors open. You've got got to work to, in your devotions and uh, Bible study and prayer to, to be in the right spirit and be available for what God has for you. They're coming after you, Brian. (laughs) It takes work. And what I've what I've realized is when I do what I know is I'm supposed to do, when I redeem the time because the days are evil, when I'm redeeming the time, that's when I feel the best. Yeah. That's when I have the best attitude. That's when I'm feeling the best emotionally, spiritually. And being lazy, not doing what you know you're supposed to do, I believe is a big contributing factor to Depression. For him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, it is sin. And when you're when you're just dragging around, not doing what you know you're supposed to do, it's going to be just lingering in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just sitting there. Yep. We've talked about this before, but I I truly believe if you don't study, 
the word. It, it's not just a mental thing. It affects you physically. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It does. Absolutely helps. Well, and now again, that's where the discernment and everything else comes from when you're just looking at a, a chaotic nation that we're in right now. When you're watching WRAL, mm. if you take your time to study your Bible, you'll be able to point out all the lies. If you haven't, you're just going to be deceived. You got nothing to, to filter it all out. Agreed. What else y'all got? Get out there, study the word so you'll know how to vote. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget to pray and study so you can discern the nonsense. Yep. Y'all good? We're good. For listening to the League of Logic podcast, we hope that something said has caused you to think. We want you to look for the truth and know the truth. It just takes effort to study it. If you need some help with some of the basic topics that we cover, check out our website, leagueoflogic.com. Inside that website, you'll find some study tools that cover some of the basic topics that we have used as a foundation for this podcast. Also, you'll find a contact page. You can leave us a comment or a question. We'd love to hear from you. You can do the same thing on Facebook. Also, we have a store inside the website where you can find T-shirts, hoodies, coffee cups, even an apron for when you're cooking. That would help us out a lot any purchase from our store. Finally, most importantly, if you leave us a rating and review, like, subscribe, those kind of buttons help promote what we're doing make the biggest impact. Thank you again for listening to the League of Logic podcast, and we look forward to you tuning in on the next episode.